This is The Scum and Schneek, fantasy football show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. And oh my gosh, it's championship week. It's championship week, bittersweet. We're not involved. Football, fantasy football is almost over. The football season is almost over. But, you know, we just continue on year in, year out. This is just what we do. And it is time for us to find the winner of the league. We're here for it. And we've got, we have a little bit of drama leading into it, a little, little bit of a surprise. Um, so hopefully it's keeping things fresh and exciting for everyone. But before we get into that, Shink, we got to do a nonsense minute. And I think I have a fun one for us today. We're coming up into the new year. Everyone's uh, ready for a change, I guess. You know, new year, new me, all that, all that stuff. So, Shink, since we've had some positive feedback on our little drafts lately, let's do a quick five-round draft of new things. Okay. So, you know, the best things that are new. Obviously, new is usually pretty good, but, uh, you know, a new tube of toothpaste is not as satisfying as a new case of oreos so we're gonna we're gonna get to the tippy top of new things okay and um i got i took the first pick with the christmas football team draft so i'm happy to give you the first pick if you want it i'll take it i've got a good one in mind i think it's universal it's going to be loved by all everyone loves a new fresh ice cold beer Oh, just straight out of the fridge. Nice, nice, cold. Cracking that top. That is a good one. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with something that feels uh, really nice. Maybe another, like, off the beat path one, but it's something I just want on my on my roster. I'm going to take new shoes. Right when you're breaking them in, they're nice and clean. Uh, they're not you know, worn down. You don't have the stains. I'm taking new shoes first. Love it. Love a brand new shoe. Yep. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking maybe new pair of boots, new pair of just uh, on the feet, fresh, ready to go. You just feel like a new person. So with my second pick, I'm going to kind of take a small page out of your playbook. I'm going to go with a new fresh pair of brand spanking new underwears. Oh, some new chonies. <laughs> some new chones. Pull them out the stocking, whatever it may be, walk out the store, and you're like, I've got some fresh underwear to set me up for months down the line. Honestly, that's a good one. I was thinking that one, you know, no holes, or at least no holes where they shouldn't have holes. And uh feeling clean, feeling fresh. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch things up a little bit. I'm gonna go new girl, the TV show on my squad. <laughs> We're talking Jess and Nick and Schmidt and Coach and the whole squad and Winston, of course. Uh, just a fun, fun sitcom. I'm looking forward to a rewatch soon, actually. It's been coming up a lot lately, so I'm going to go through it again and see if it holds up. But new girl. New girl. I love that change up. That's very creative. Good call on that one. I like that. My third pick, hmm, I'm struggling here to find something new what do i want that is new and uh i'm gonna go with a new fresh haircut oh that fresh snip new 
feeling clean. You just feel like a new person when you walk yep. out. You're just the hair is just ready to go. You know that you're going to be looking good for a while. You just feel like a new person ready to conquer the world. My third pick here, why don't I go a little chalky, something you hear a lot about. You know, maybe not one of the necessarily standouts, but I think it's a high floor pick, something that everyone can at least relate to or has heard about. It's, it's a name, right? We're going to get some name value here, but we're going to go new car and the associated new car smell. New car smell, fresh new car, whether that's a new car or a new clean car, right? Getting it really right, ready to yeah. go for that road trip. Got the fresh scent, maybe maybe some nice leather if that's your persuasion for the seats. But yeah, just fresh new car sitting in it. Nice ride. All right. Very fun. All right. I'm going to go with my fourth pick, an absolute staple in the scum and sneak show in our lives i'm gonna go with new zealand because that's where lord of the rings was filmed (laughs) good pick you know we talk about it i i'm not big on travel not really keen on on doing it or going places but one of the places i would like to go visit is new zealand so that's a good pick there let's for my fourth pick, uh, let's stick with kind of a, a Scum and Sneak show classic, one of the things we talk about a lot. I'm going to go with New Moon, the second movie ah! in the Twilight series. <laughs> the one where Sneak goes to Italy, uh, tries to tries to burn himself alive, or, or no, not burn himself alive, but tries to get found out by Sparkling. And, uh, you know, a lot of drama, a lot of tension in New Moon. I'm going to take that one here. All right, that is a great pick, just making me feel real good. We've got some awesome teams, but for my last pick, I'm going to round everything out. I'm going to go back to what you said in the beginning. New me, new year, everyone's coming out with something. I'm just going to go with a new body Oh, in 2023. We're getting new bodies. We're coming out the laboratory, the wherever, you know, the the uh place where they make new bodies i'm gonna get me one and it's just gonna it's gonna be like part like robotic probably there's gonna be like a bunch of chemicals and a bunch of like magical things inside of this new body so i'm getting i'm just gonna say that i draft a brand new body because this body's been through some stuff in its time and it's ready for a new set of body stuff i like i like that whether it is a brand new out of the lab set or you know, we hit in the gym, we're eating right, we're taking our ashwagandha, both are good. Got some weddings next year, so gotta get ready for that. Uh, detour really quick before I make my last pick. Philosophical question for you. All right, so speaking of new body, if I replaced a piece of your body, like, you know, with, with organic material, still the same, or a copy, like a cloned copy of you, like took a finger, replaced it, um, Month later, next finger, all that jazz, right? Mm-hmm. And it took it took like 10 years. Over the course of 10 years, I replaced every single piece of your body with a cloned exact copy of it. Are you still you? Is it you're still your same body or are you a brand new person? I'm a brand new person. Yeah. Even though it's all the same stuff and cloned, 
and we, we did it like gradually. So like when I did the first replacement, you don't have a new body, right? Right. But eventually once that last piece is done, it's all brand new. I'm saying it's a brand new body. That's just, that's what came into my brain immediately. It says that's not even me anymore. All right. Good to know. Just, just had to ask it. <laughs> and for my final pick after I stalled, we're going to say new, my last pick new. Um, I took new shoes earlier. Let's just go ahead and stay on brand. We'll go new balance. Just, just kind of overall new balance. We'll stay. Yeah, the brand new balance. The shoe. The shoe new balance, but you just get yeah. a whole new sense of balance in your life. Sure, that too. <laughs> For me, original first time balance, because not not a very balanced person diet-wise or or anything else. So yes. We'll take both All ways right. for there for my last pick. I'll take it. All right, folks. That's our draft of new things. If we forgot something, let us know. If you've got a pick that you're like, oh, why didn't they do new Mexico? I love Breaking Bad. Let us know. But let's move on, Sneak, and let's talk about the semifinal matchup. Matchups from last week. They were fun they were tightly contended one could have been a little closer let's talk about that one chase versus eric the city boys eric 187 gooch 151 36 ish point spread but would have been a lot closer if chase had made the move of playing cam acres instead of raheem mostert you know they both outperform their projections i thought for sure that we were going to see some crazy upset with gooch making the win he just i mean 151's got to be one of his highest outpourings of the year good score yeah good score yeah 187 for ernie is is on par to what he he does all year and that's what we said with this matchup is what are you going to do against this team and gooch put up the the most valiant of efforts as he could have uh it just doesn't I just don't know what to make of Ernie's team. It's just, it is unstoppable. Gooch actually absolutely put it all in there. Uh, He's had some lineup uh, questions recently, trying to figure out what am I going to do with this lineup? You know, yeah, sure. He could have played acres, but I don't know if that makes the difference or not. I know it makes it close, but still doesn't actually give him the win. But, you know, what an effort, valiant all around team effort to try to get this win. And I just, uh, I, my hats are off to him. You know, he, he did everything he could, but when you're going up against a team like Ernie E. Fritz, I just don't know what it is that you can do to beat him. Yeah, no, he, like you said, valiant effort. His team had some huge scores. Saquon, George Kittle, um, Keenan Allen, and Terry McLaurin both had good games. So, it was there in some places, but I think the biggest letdown was definitely DeAndre Hopkins. 1.15.1 catch on 10 targets. Like, that's pretty crazy. Oh gosh, that's brutal. I mean, that's a Trace McSorley thing, but, you know, you would expect him to come down with a few more of those. Again, probably wouldn't have made a difference. Maybe if, if he does catch five passes and Chase does play Cam Akers, now we're talking upset, but... Um, yeah, just 
we expected Ernie to win. He did his team. So, I mean, Eckler, Justin Jefferson, <clears throat> Joe Burrow, all the things we kind of expected their thing. So uh, that's why 180 isn't like a huge score. Like we're, we're not saying, oh, what a blow up from air because that's what he gets. But let's do what we did uh, in the quarterfinals. Let's do a little exit uh, interview type thing for Chase's team. As we look towards next year, I think, you know, he can rely on a lot of the same names, Saquon, McLaurin, Kittle, even Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins, who are a little older. They should still be um, good producers at the wide receiver level. He'll have Javante Williams come back, which is a big or should be a big help to him. But what is your prognosis? What is your you know, projection for Gooch going in next year? I want to say that he's going to be in okay shape. You know, I want it, like you said, he's got great players. Everyone is still going to be relatively in their production years. Uh, but Gucci's team has always been so strange. He, one year he'll, he'll go to the semis and then the next year he'll won't make the playoffs. And then the next year he'll beat everybody. And then the next year. So he's very up and down. So I, I guess, if I'm just being completely honest, I'm expecting a, a very, very down year next year out of Gooch. You know, he put it all together this year, came up from the bottom. We called him to be a riser all year long. He rose to the occasion. He got there. He almost is as, as almost as can be a beating Ernie. And so what is he going to do next year? The same thing? No, there's going to be some sort of problem. There's going to be some sort of move or trade or injury or, something going on with his team to where it's just going to drastically underperform. And that's what I'm calling for his team next year. And he either needs to get ahead of that projection and do something about it. Or when it hits, just say, this is just how it goes. You know, that's my call for Gucci's team next year. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, with, with your projection of that happening, of that swing and a lot of that has to do with injuries, but you can, maybe kind of count on, you know, after a full year of Saquon and like Kittle, like they're probably due for some injuries next year. Right. So yeah. Does he look to sell? I'd say he probably doesn't just because I don't know, you got to kind of take advantage of this window. And then again, Javante coming back probably gives him some hope and feel like he has depth, but yeah, I, I would no, not really any picks next year. I think, yeah, you just, they pat because I don't think anyone that has picks in the you know famous 2023 draft is going to be selling anyway. So might as well plan for your rebuild moving forward after that one's kind of hit and everyone's all settled down and not as hot and bothered over those rookies anymore. Exactly. But still good season, Gooch. Good job. Made the semis put up a good fight. Let's go to the other semifinal matchup that did not really go how we were expecting as Wade actually pulled it off, pulled the upset on Brandon with a score of 155 to 137. Um, Wade beat his projections by a few points. Brandon underperformed a little bit. Not that you know, 137 is a bad score. He would have beat Chases this week, but I think – now, there was definitely some letdown spots, uh, especially at the running back position. Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs both scored less than 10, and that's really what, what killed Brandon in this matchup. 
Yeah, a bit surprising with the names that Brendan has on his team with the performances he's been putting up this year. Uh, but he has some holes. He has some players that are not as consistent. He has those big, like he has Jacobs all of a sudden. Jacobs is the best running back ever, 50, 40, 30. And then when you need it, he gets you nothing, you know, kind of, kind of reminds me of a, you know, an Elliot of old and maybe Dalvin sometimes in the mix, like my team, right? Like I felt like every year, my running backs every week, 25, 30, 35, 40, like they were just consistent and awesome. And I knew I could, and then playoffs come around and it's like one bad game does me in. You know, that's kind of Brendan's team. You know, he, he's got the Mahomes-Kelsey stack, always good. He's got his receivers. Eh, they're, like, good, but they're not the best. I mean, Judy, Pittman, you know, A.J. Brown without Hurts. I don't know if he had a great game or not. I don't know. But 100 yards. He did a fine game, yeah. There's just something about that team that, you know, I think every week, as, as even Brendan would admit, he goes into it thinking, oh, what am I going to get out of this team? When you got Ernie, who just knows what he's going to get out of this team. You got some of these, like even some of the middling teams, you know what you're going to get out of your team. I think at Brendan being at the top with the players that he has, he should know that he's going to get certain scores from everybody. And I feel like he's still doesn't necessarily know with some of these guys and can trust some of these guys who does he play at receiver you know which running back does he does he need to do you know a major 40 point game it's just there's something there's something weird there we expected brendan to win he didn't uh i'm sure he's very much sad and upset about that but i'm not as surprised for some reason it just Brandon's team for years has always been very good, but he never can do it. Has he ever won? He has won once, yes. Yeah, fine. <laughs> but still, he's a – and I expect, you know, if we're going to look into the future on Brandon's team, I he's got two first-round picks next year, which are going to be, you know, some version of a starting receiver running back, I imagine. So – I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan tries to move some of his players thinking he's going to get a bunch of firsts for these guys. Oh, you what? I can't get three firsts for Michael Pittman? Like, no, you can't. Sorry. But <laughs> hopefully he doesn't find that trade partner. Hopefully he doesn't, because as you said, a lot of people that are in the 23 draft are not going to just say, oh, yeah, fine, Brendan, here's all my firsts. Let me get Jerry, Judy, and Michael Pittman. Like, what is that going to do for you? Nothing. So hopefully that doesn't happen. And he just – he already has two firsts with the team that he has. He's going to be just fine next year. But I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon goes out there and really tries to do something. And we've known him to make good trades. We've known him to make some head-scratching trades. But, again, just the – you know, we, we expected him. We expect This is Brandon Deere to go to the championship and to fight Ernie. You know, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to – or it's going to be a – trading blows type of a championship and then wade comes around and says nope i'm consistent wade i'm gonna make it happen and so there's a part of me that's just not as surprised here yeah going off that point of you not being surprised i mean we had said that in the preview matchup or in the preview show too 
just knowing that Wade's team had the chance to blow up your Dolphins receivers. And we saw that Dylan Waddle did have that huge game. He had that 80 yard touchdown. Um, CD Lamb had a huge game and that's really where he won it. Everywhere else was pretty even. So as we look forward a little bit and we'll do this matchup a little more in depth, but that's where, that's what Wade's going to need to beat Eric. That's how we beat Brandon. And, um, you know, also a little bit of luck again with the duds from, from a few of Brandon's players. But as we, uh, wrap that matchup up, wrap up Brandon's exit thing. You talk about him looking for a deal. And I think this is a good kind of overall look at like this dynasty landscape right now. Cause he's got Christian McCaffrey who was, I don't know, he's definitely like a, he's gotta be a top five back this year. Right. Who is um, hitting that age where you really start to look at and think about them wearing down where we've said that about Derrick Henry. We maybe had thought that about like your Ecklers or your Dalvin Cooks and those guys did well this year, but kind of overall, like say you had like a different position or you were an owner of another team, right? And you were offered Christian McCaffrey. What would you, what would you pay for a player like that? Who, We'll probably have another productive year next year, but that cliff is coming. We know it's going to happen for these guys. Maybe it's a little later than we're projecting, but your McCaffrey's, your Kamara's, your Dalvin's again, um, those guys, what do we do with those players? If you're a buyer, seller, whatever the case is, like where, where's the value? What are you thinking about all that? I think just the overall answer to that question in my mind is that they are just the old guard running backs that have done really well, who should still do pretty good in the future. But I'm just, I'm just hands off of them at this point. I'm just, whether I've got picks to trade or players to trade, I'm probably not going after them. If I'm any of these teams, you know, maybe the, you know, if I were to put myself in any of the other teams that I feel like that could do something like that would <laughs> ironically would be Wade because he is, he needs a second running back to be an as extremely elite team. So if he can get his, his self, his hands on a McCaffrey or sure use the names you mentioned, Kamara, Dalvin, somebody that can get you, Eight, 15 to 18, maybe 20, 21 points or something like that without – I mean, you're just not going to break the bank for these players anymore. That's just – in my mind, that's just where the league is. So right. I think at Brendan's point, he might as well just hold on to and and get the last whatever, one, three, whatever many years are left of a, of a McCaffrey. You might as well just say, I get this now. And with the way that Brendan's team is set up, He's got two first-round picks next year, so he can get himself probably some type of running back to eventually replace these the McCaffrey types that are not just dead done with their age, but are going to be on that in that level of people's minds where like, am I really going to go trade for McCaffrey? Like this, like what am I? Like what am I? Why would I do that at this point? Like, sure, he's capable of having blow-up games, but he's more so in the point of just you know, basic 
games now, in my opinion. So I don't think you do. You don't think you break the bank for these types of players anymore. If you have them, you probably, in my mind, you just have to stick with them. You say, these guys are on my team now. I got to look elsewhere. Like, cause I, what do you, cause, because the mentality still is, especially with someone who has a McCaffrey is going to say he's worth at least one, if not two or three first, it's Christian McCaffrey. Gosh, no one better ever pay that price for him because that's just not the price anymore. You know? So if Ben or someone wants to trade one of these running backs that has been good, has had some, and that is under that, you know, that stigma of like, are they getting older? Are they not as good as they used to? You better greatly temper those expectations for trade partners and values. Or you might as well just say, well, I'm just going to keep them. So we've seen that's, not, that's um, my, that's where I sit with it. Cause like, that's how, where I was, that's where I was two years ago with my guys. I was either yeah. hold on to Dalvin Elliott mixing all these people, just hold them and hope. Or make the move now. And they've all had good years since I've traded them. They haven't fallen off. It's not like I traded them away and they they suck. They've all been good. They would have helped me be better. But I just said, I'm going to make this call now. But I don't I don't know if you can – I don't know if the, that type of trade is out there anymore. I don't know if you can flip these players for a bunch of firsts anymore. I don't think you should. I don't think anyone should. I think you should just say, well – I got to build in the draft. I got to try to find other players to go after. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in that take. Well, what I was going to ask you is, is there a running back left that can fetch that big uh, haul, that big return in the trade? Like, you know, we saw Nick Chubb go for like three firsts or whatever. Um, Kamara for like a first and a running back. And, you know, all those picks where they were huge returns for these top running backs is there one in the league now that could get you that I think the answer would have been Jonathan Taylor at the start of the year but I don't think that's happening anymore probably get a first but I don't think you're gonna get two firsts for Taylor now um you know I don't really can you think of one the rookies this year no Najee from last year no um Again, Eckler, McCaffrey, those guys are too old. So I don't think the running back market is is where it's at right right now. Like obviously, like guys like Jefferson and CD and Chase, those you could get your you know three, maybe even like four first for them. But running back is kind of like a a dead market right now. Right? Yeah, I would agree with or you. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that same mind mind frame, whether that's wrong or right or whatever, but I'm just, it's moved in my mind. It's moved away from those, those running backs. If you've got them and they've still got production years ahead, just say, great. I've got some reliable running backs to play with, but don't expect to go out there and, and just get some sort of crazy trade haul and only and give up McCaffrey for a bunch of firsts or Kamara for a bunch of firsts or a bunch of young players. Or you think, Oh, here, here's McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs. Let me get Justin Jefferson. Like, why? No, regardless of what that, who owns those players at the time, no one's doing that trade. Like exactly what you said. It's all about the, it's all about the the market is just a, a bad time right now, and I think it's it has to. We have to see what these next young running backs can do, and if they will can blossom into the types that we're talking about now, who've had 
multiple years of crazy fantasy years. Like we need to see that with some of these guys before you go and break the bank for one of them. Like you said, like Taylor, Najee, uh, even, I mean, we just saw Javante get traded last year, like this up and coming young second year guy right. taking over gets hurt. Like it's just a bad time for running backs right now. And I think you should just really be careful with trying to make any of those deals right now. I like it. Right, let's take a break here and then we will do the finals matchup. All right, guys, this episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you by another piece of Sneak Ink, and it is Sneak Stinks. That's right, folks, we have got air fresheners. Sneak Stinks air fresheners will clear out the smell from any room, anytime, no matter what it is. You be farting a lot, Sneak Stinks comes in there and fixes it. You be pooping a lot, Sneak Stinks comes in there and fixes it. You got smelly dogs. You got smelly people. You got a bunch of BO in the house after the holidays. Sneak Stinks will fix your problem. Another avenue that we are going down in Sneak Inc. Thank you. Gee butter snaps. Gus TT Showbiz. Wade Yealy. Brandon? His body craves buttery goodness. The old upstart finally makes it to the championship game ready to make a name for himself and cement himself amongst the greats of the LV Dynasty League that we are all in? The picture of patience and perseverance, perfectly poised in picking and plucking his players at the precise point in time. Shrewd moves and steady drafting that brought him one win from glory. But we have to wonder, will the moment be too much for him? Wade is used to moving in the shadows, shunning the sunlight of the group chat never making himself known. But the spotlight is on him this weekend, and will he outshine that bright light? Wither away like an old air filter abandoned in the corner of an auto shop. Wade has an exclusive moment to pull off one of the biggest championship upsets we have ever seen against one of the mightiest opponents the league has ever birthed. He has proven worthy over the past two seasons, but one lingering question still remains. Does he even know what is going on? Ernie, the reigning champ, Ernie Fritz. The former Lavuska, with plenty of Shanuska still left in the tank. Eric has his own story he once written in the stars. 
with a masterful plan to draft contributors right away. He burst onto the scene last year and took the championship trophy for himself. The sequel was as good, if not better, as he traded for major pieces in the offseason and again found himself in the first round of the draft picking up a starter for the championship game. He has seemed destined from the beginning of the season to join the ranks of the two-time winners and cash out the elusive running pot. The team is stacked. The points score boggle the mind. And it is a foregone conclusion that he caps off the back-to-back championship run in resounding fashion. Or is it? How long can the magic last? How long can he withstand the burden of expectation? How long until the shiny veneers crumble? Probably a long time. But as the Scum and Sneak show always warned, stranger things can sometimes happen. Oh, doggy sneak. We got a doozy of a championship matchup. Eric versus Wade. Boy, oh boy. This is going to be insane. We currently have projections of Ernie winning by almost 25 points. Great matchups across the board, in my opinion. A lot of players playing against each other in this matchup. We've got reverse stacks like you wouldn't believe, kind of. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Well, for we do. I mean, Cincy and Buffalo playing each other, we've got we've got at least like four players in that game from both sides. CD's yeah. been on a tear. I guess he's a number one. The biggest thing that I can say about this matchup, and, and I'm going to let you take it away, Scum, here, but the biggest thing I can say, I can go down, we can talk about each player, we can talk about their matchup, we can talk about their, you know, uh, connection to the other team. We can talk about who's going to come out better. Who's the guy here? Who's what's it going to be? Wade does not have a second running back. I alluded to it earlier in the show. I believe we probably talked about it at some point during the year, but relying on Cordero Patterson as your number two currently projected for 10. He has not been nowhere near as good as he was earlier in the year or what he was doing last year. If I'm Wade, I am stressing and sweating playing Patterson as my number two. What can he do to, to change that, I don't think he has any other options. He just has to hope that this game is as good of a game as he could ever imagine going up against the Cardinals, you know, a down team, not that good defense, you know, maybe he can punch in a couple touchdowns, get some sort of crazy, you know, 50, 60, 70 receiving yards, 50, 60, 70 rush yards, bunch of catches, bunch of touchdowns. But that's where this matchup falls for me. Wade doesn't have a second running back. He needs that to try to battle it out with what, Ernie throws into the the ring every each and every week you know he's guaranteed to get 25 to 30 out of Jefferson every week you know uh, it's just that's where this matchup falls for me you take it away scum I don't know what else to say here I mean this is that's where it all boils down to yeah uh, we talked about it too I think with uh, maybe a look ahead it's pretty even across the board until you get to that second running back spot and then maybe that flex spot, you know, kind of similar scenarios where the depth of Wade's team is not there. And he needs, 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 needs Patterson to just like follow him in and get a touchdown, right? Like 
that's that's his big hope. That's where he can get like a decent game out of him because otherwise they're not utilizing Cordero Patterson like at all really. And it makes sense for for a Falcons team that isn't playing for anything really for them featuring a running back who's like thirty. That's what we projected, but like Wade kind of put all his eggs in the Cordero and Clyde basket. And again, earlier in the year, like you said, those guys are fine options. And that's dried up. So him not making a move for any type of, you know, usable running back is probably going to come back to hurt him. I don't even know if there was a move to be made for that, right? Like you're looking at maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe he should have gone for like the Dolphins running backs, even though, you know, that offense has been down a little bit or um, a Montgomery type, like someone cheap-ish that would have just given him a little floor, but. I agree with you. It's gonna it's gonna hinge there, and barring a touchdown or two from Cordero, he's gonna need 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 huge games from his receivers. So let's talk about that because that's an interesting thing I want to go over. Um, he's got CD Lamb tonight. So Thursday night games we have seen they're not that good for scoring. It's a short week. You know, teams kind of want to get out of there. So will CD replicate his thirty point game from last week? Maybe not. And then I think the big swing, the big thing that hurts Wade the most is the Dolphins receivers, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they have Teddy Bridgewater this week as their quarterback. Oof. So can can he I mean the good thing is that either of them can take a slant, a little bubble screen, 80, 60 yards to the house. <laughs> That's what he's hoping for, but just for like an overall I don't know, likelihood of them producing. I don't think he can be that confident, and that's really what's killing Wade. Uh, do you think I, I'm wrong in that? Do you think maybe there's a they could do fine with Teddy Bridgewater? What's what's your thoughts? No, I I didn't even know that about the Dolphins. I didn't know Bridgewater was starting this year. That make or this game that makes a huge difference. I do not expect Tyree Kill and Jalen Waller to have big games. If there is a big game to be had, it's only going to be one. Teddy Bridgewater's not going to give both those guys big games he's not going to go out there and air it out he's not going to give them each he's going to if one of them starts to go off then that's who's going to go off and the other one's going to get like four points there's not going to be 30 each here like if he just starts peppering Tyree Kill with a bunch of targets and move the ball like 10 Tyree Kill could have Tyree Kill could have like five catches for 120 yards just by you know basically moving the sticks you know getting like you said those short passes for long gains but both of them will not produce with Bridgewater as a quarterback. I did not know that. That is a huge blow to Wade's team. He cannot expect for a miracle in the championship game, week 17, for Bridgewater to come in there and, and give them each 150 yards and a touchdown because that's what he needs. That is what he needs. Um, let's shift to Eric for a little bit because I, I want to end on that Bills-Bengals uh, game because that is obviously the most important one. Um, Eric's got a little wrinkle too, and I don't know if it's going to be as definitive or as detrimental as Tua being out for the Dolphins uh, is to Wade. But Austin Eckler came up a little gimpy after their game on Monday night. He's got a questionable tag right now. It seems like he's going to play, but he could be used in a limited capacity just to give him some rest, and the Chargers have, uh, hello, already clinched their playoff spot. So I think... I think really best case scenario for Eric is that 
they rule Eckler out and just say we're going to rest him, then he could put another flex guy in because if he's active, Eric has to start him. But what if it's just like a, you know, eight carry kind of game? Uh, they get up big or get down big against the Rams. It doesn't really matter. And then they just, you know, give the ball to Josh Kelly a bunch. Like that, that could be a, a sneaky, like soft spot for Eric. What do you think about that? If, you know, what I'm saying kind of happens. Well, with all those points that you made, clinching the playoff spot, resting, it does actually play like a quarter and a half or two, get him some carries, yada, yada, and then the game's out of reach and they don't care. Ernie is not afraid. I mean, you made the comment of he has to play Eckler, but does he? I feel like Eric has shown at least these last two years with the teams that he had, he's willing to take the risk of not playing some of his, his guys. I feel like now I might be wrong here. Has he, there's got to be times in the year where he was benching Eckler and maybe playing Najee or whatever, you know, he's, he's, oh, he's more open than most teams to sit some of his big guys to try to find the, the right lineup because the guys that he can play in their steads aren't big drop-offs. So if that's true, and if he really reads into it and does a deep dive and really tries to figure out, maybe he is not afraid of benching Eckler for somebody else. Now that is, it does sound crazy. He's like the number one, or number two running back. I get it. But with all the points that you make, Eric's not the type to say, well, I don't care about those points. I'm going to play him anyway. He's going to say, well, maybe I need to be smart here. He doesn't play favorites with his guys. Of course, there's people, there's guys that doesn't come out of the lineup. Jefferson doesn't ever come out of the lineup, you know, whatever it may be, but I don't think he's a, above making a call like that. So we'll, that's a very another interesting recall. I like that. I like to see what he can do here. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I think it's something to come down to, you know, the Saturday reporting, see what happens. But, no, he's not going to be afraid to do it, especially, you know, he knows that he's got probably a points cushion to play with. So rather than risking, um, like, five from Eckler, he'll go for the, you know, 10 to 12 that he can get from Najee or Montgomery, most likely. Um, you mentioned Jefferson. I'll throw Amon Ross St. Brown in there. Like he knows what he's going to get from those guys. So let's shift now to the big game, the Bengals versus the Bills. Eric obviously has all the Bengals, Joe Marturo stack and Joe Mixon. Wade has Josh Allen. So let's start the competition with this. How do you think that game is going to go? Are we predicting a shootout? Are we thinking maybe lopsided? The game is in Buffalo, no, sorry, it's in Cincinnati, looking like a little bit of rain, maybe? I I feel like Cincinnati's got a good defense. I feel like they are going, are very good at game planning against big stars like in Josh Allen. I wouldn't be expect, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Allen throws a couple picks, you know, maybe doesn't get the passing yardage but maybe you can get some rushing yardage. So I'm expecting a kind of a pedestrian game out of Josh Allen and that's, and pedestrian out of Josh Allen can be 22, 23 points. And that's, that's good, but that's not what Wade needs. Wade needs like 37 out of Josh Allen. He needs multiple passing touchdowns. He needs a rushing touchdown or two. He needs 275 to 300 passing yards. He needs a big game. I don't, I don't know if I see it happening. I see the Bengals are better on defense than I think a lot of people realize all they got to do is 
do everything that they can to shut him down and shutting him down to a potential of low twenties is a win. And that's how I kind of see it going on the other side. I do expect Burrow and chase to have great games. Uh, you know, I don't think has Mixon scored since his five touchdown game. <laughs> uh, he might not. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but that's a good so, point. I mean, I'm just saying I've made that. I put that curse out there. Uh, he's sharing a lot more time with P Ryan. Uh, so that, that matchup in itself, uh, I expect Burrow and Chase to outscore Allen. But I'm not, I don't, I don't, would not be surprised if Allen has a very normal ish quarterback game. Yeah, I kind of see it going the other way, but still favoring Ernie just because of the, the numbers advantage in that game. I, I Maybe this is just like me wanting it to be a good game, but I expect it to be a little high scoring, a little back and forth. So I think Josh Allen will have a good game. I think in that like 30 range that you're talking about, but Joe Burrow is probably going to score 30 as well and match him. So, you know, it's going to take a monster effort for way to get an advantage there. Um, we have seen the touchdowns for the Bengals uh, receiving wise at least go to some other people lately. A lot of T. Higgins and Trenton Irwin instead of Jamar Chase. That might mean that might mean Chase is just kind of due, and we could see you know one of his. It's funny to say this, but his vintage like three touchdown explosion games, and then that's going to seal it for Eric. That's what we saw last year, but the, I think there is uh, there is an avenue where. You know, maybe the Bills and win and win a little more comfortably where Josh Allen has that 35. Maybe um, Joe Burrow only throws a couple touchdowns and they're to like, you know, Boyd and Irwin or whatever or Higgins. So Chase and Mixon have down games in that. It makes it a little close, but uh, it does definitely is going to come down to that game. Um, Wade should have a lead going into Monday night just because he'll have more players playing. So we'll just be interesting to see how much of a cushion he has and how much Josh Allen can protect it. But if Eric has a lead going into that game, it's over. Uh, we're going to write this story, wrap it yeah. up by Sunday night if, if that's the case. So, yeah, you know, it, it's fun that it's the Bills and Bengals on Monday night just for, for our purposes. But Wade needs to, needs to have like a, a pretty sizable lead going to that game to have a shot. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm talking. It's got to be what fifty to sixty points. Yeah, has to be. So, uh, all right. We're I mean we're both on the same page predicting that Eric is going to win. Yes, it's yeah, been I mean, written I, in I the clouds. It's, yeah. it's been written on the wall. The guys just did a masterful job on how to manage a dynasty team from bottom to top. Ernie gets the win. He's our double champion. If Wade had something, and maybe, I don't know, maybe some news will pop and he can make something happen on the waiver wire. But if he just had someone a little more reliable instead of Cordero Patterson, we might look to make it a little more dramatic. But yeah, I think it's just going to be Eric getting that second championship. And you know, we'll see what he does after that. Does he go for the three peat? Does he say, okay? Fun times, now let's uh, rebuild, but uh, his team is set up for some pretty long-term success. So that might be another team that we have in the off season. Agreed. Well, well, 
The season's almost at an end, Shink. We'll have a champion by next week, by the new year. But let's end with America's favorite segment. Scum and Shink at the Thursday night game wrong. Yes, we do. Cowboys versus Titans. I think this is an easy one to call. Uh, the Titans aren't even playing Malik Willis. They're playing their third string quarterback, Josh Dobbs. That news broke today. Maybe Dobbs was even better, but no Derrick Henry. Cowboys are missing Tony Pollard, but they still have Zeke, CD, Dak, everyone. Um, so what's your call for, for this game tonight? I call the Cowboys win 30-11. Nice score. <laughs> I think Cowboys, Cowboys will win comfortably, but not like high score and be kind of boring. Let's say uh, 22 to 9. Love that score. <laughs> but both easy Cowboys wins, and you know, Wade will be watching to see what kind of magic CD can pull. We'll see what magic can happen. That's it. That's the championship episode. We'll be back next week just to wrap up the season. Uh, to wrap up season three. Crazy. Yes. Um, happy New Year to you and to all our listeners. Yes. Happy New Year. Tell us what it is that you would draft five rounds of new stuff. <laughs> we are days away. And once again, Watch the championship game. It's going to be fun. We will see. This could shape the league for years to come. Perfect bookend there and way to close this out. Thank you. See you guys all on the other side. Bye. championship episode we've ever done because I'm not in it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>